Yeah, g'day legends and welcome to Gbra, the good, the bad, the rugby Australia, uh, a show where three ex-wallabies and one current wannabe knock the top of a couple of cold ones and uh, shoot the shit about uh, the boys bringing back Bill to Oz. Uh, it's a wonderful show and as per usual, I need to thank right at the top our sponsors, Harvey Norman. Um, it's We are brought to you by our good friends down there at Harvey Norman, a respectable family favourite and successful enter- enterprise business for as long as I can remember. So uh, we into we are into week one of the Rugby World Cup. We've had all those pool matches done on the weekend. And right now I'm sitting with, well, two out of the three G Brazers who are ready to, uh, well, they're full of frog's legs and they're brimming with Bordeaux Reds and they're ready to kick on with this tremendous show. Uh, to my left, Swoop D-O-double-G, Swoop D-O. Dog, how are you? Hey-o. Swoop Dog. And to his far left, far. it is the Goit. Matt Giddo, all the way up from Canberra, representing the, the Mighty Raiders yeah. today. Yeah, Green it's machine. probably the last time I can wear it. We got knocked out, unfortunately. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Now, <laughs> there is an empty spot on the on the uh, couch next to you. Yeah. We said farewell to him last week. I know. We gave him a thousand condoms. <laughs> we tapped him on the bum and said, good luck. And the good news is that he now joins us live from, I believe, St. Etienne. Are you there? Drew Mitchell. Drew Michel, bonjour. Bonjour, salope. <laughs> uh, prof, you don't know what that means, but it's what, not nice. What, what did he just he say? He just to said me? hello, mate. <laughs> we have a lot of French viewers, and I am definitely not a. <laughs> hey, um, you don't look so good, mate. Were you? What time did you get in? Oh well, thanks. No, you just got me up at fucking Sparrows, seven o'clock over here in the in Saint-Étienne. I actually had a pretty quiet night. Watched the uh, Wales Fiji game. Jeez, what a finish that was! I'm sure we'll get into that one. But uh, look, it's about trying to pace myself. I've got it wrong at times, but um, I'm feeling alright today. The actually, uh, you know what? For, you, for you guys, wait, wait, wait. For okay, you guys, sorry, seven a.m. I might even. I also no, I just might just knock the top off one as well. Yeah. No, no fridge in this this hotel, so it's good to see you're still pacing 40, yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm sensing this yeah. has got my Thai vibes. Oh, I'm, I hope I'm so. I've got to live that down. Um, can it's I ask very... you two things? One, how many condoms you got left? And two, <laughs> what's St. Etienne like? Uh, condom's still the full compliment. Um, <laughs> and St. Etienne, look, it's a, it's a quaint city. Um, <laughs> you can say what you think. Known... <laughs> or say what you it's said a, before. Uh, no, I didn't say anything, fellas. I'm just dialed in. Uh, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty small. It's an industrial type of uh, city. Um, but it's, some, it's pumping for the, the World Cup. Whenever the games are on, there's a little square and some pubs that absolutely are going off their tits. It's, it's very bright on you right now, Drew. Are you, are you sitting directly me, next uh, to a window or are you... <laughs> no, he may have no. invested Is in one better? of those... Yeah, Instagram. Oh, there you go. That's better. Oh, always, no. always shining on you. Well, <laughs> this room, you've just got lamps. You don't even have a ceiling light. Um, G G G has not given as much budget to work with over no. here. Yeah, right. No, there you go. Hey, now, guys, I don't know if you saw overnight, but the G Bruckers, um, they had the royal family on their podcast, uh, and in 24 hours, 1.3 million views. <laughs> now. Our last podcast we did, similar numbers. So mm. last week we got 28,000 views. Yeah, well, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. You do. And I, Gitz, I rang you and I said, mate, um, who do you know that's going to get us about 1.27 million 
views. Mm. Can you did, line someone up for and us? And what did I say? You said, I've got just the man. Yes. So do you want to introduce our very special guest that's filling in on the couch for Drew today? I would love to. This is a guy, he's captain of the Wallabies. Um, I think in my career, if anyone asked me who's the strangest man you've ever played with, <laughs> this would be the guy. It's the snorkel beanie, snorkel. the Sterling Mortlock. Snorkel-tron. Here he comes, the Snorkatron. <laughs> yeah, clappy man. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Here he yeah, comes. Mort- oh, contact. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Have a seat. Actually, I caught up with Rico, Luke Rickardson, former Sydney Rooster legend the other day, and we high-fived in, in the... Um, building we're in it was much like that could be it was sweet as a nut absolutely <laughs> impeccable and he goes shit and i said that's what it's all about baby. <laughs> you know what's a crucial thing that i got taught when you high five look at someone's elbow, the elbow. and you get a clear contact yeah. i don't even do that man I just, it's <laughs> you're natu- just it's all natural. you know yeah now this is what we're dealing with oh mate there's gonna be oh, strap yourselves in i get the feeling there's gonna be a lot of fun now snorkinator mm. did you see the g bruckers interview with the royal family over there in the uk nah mate Tins, like, you know, good mates. We marked each other and had that moment in the in the uh, dugout before the World Cup final. I'm not going to watch his shit, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, there's a few things you're famous for. Uh, captain of Australia, captain of the Brumbies. Um, but the thing that you're most famous for is making fingerless gloves cool. I know. <laughs> so what I thought we'd do today, boy, just as a bit of a treat, we can just all hold our beers in, just in <laughs> honour of the great man, the Snorkinator. Just pop these on. If you're watching it, if you're listening on it, we've found the most magnificent fingerless gloves. Talk to me about the fingerless gloves because you all had a craze there. We can see you here. Is this your famous intercept from 2003? Yeah, every time I go to functions and things, I do proactively say, yes, I was wearing gloves. Yes, my mates all take the piss out of me. And I've actually got no right of reply other than and it's not dissimilar actually this World Cup. So right now, uh, it's really hot and it's very humid. And a lot of guys are dropping a lot of pill. Uh, in in a similar time in Australia, it was humid and, and I expected it to be, you know, cake of soap. So we trialed a lot of different uh, gloves. However, World Rugby, in their, you know, deep esteemed intuition, said that you can't have full gloves. Whereas you look at NFL... You know, the all wide receivers have gloves. And NFL, if you look at anything that's leading globally in sport and innovation, it's over there, right? Mm. And so it's mandatory for all their wide receivers to have them. Um, so I said, well, fuck, it's got to work. It's got to be some some science behind this shit. So we trialed them all out in training. Um, I had one, I had found out ones that were okay. Everyone was saying, well, obviously I've got a, I've got a beautiful amb- ambassadorship or some cash. No, mm. not at all. But it looked horrendous. All I can say in my defense is they actually fucking worked. Yeah, well, Gitz, I, didn't wa- I didn't drop too many balls. Gitz, that you wore them as well. I did, but um, I disagree with Stella. I think he's full of shit. He's still probably on a cut trying to bring him back. <laughs> because <laughs> I wish. Well, well, for me, I don't know. As a center, obviously, Stella did a lot of the hard yards, um, and he hit the ball up. But for me, as a passer or catching, you're generally using your fingertips. Correct. That's the only part that's not not covered at all. So. There was one game. It's called placebo, Matthew. Placebo, absolutely. It but also, we were playing. It's quite meaningful. Yes, Sterling, I understand. <laughs> You're still getting a cut here. There was one game in Canberra. It gets quite dewy there at night. We're playing the Hurricanes. And I went to pass the ball out to probably Sterling. And it slipped out of my hands. And I was like, well, that shouldn't have happened. I got the gloves on. So then from then on, I just, I binned them. 
Because yeah. Big Dell wore them as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Latho wore them. Yeah. But most of us did. Latho, Herbie. Drew. Herbert Drew, Chew, you, Drew, you wore them, didn't you? Yeah, I wore them for a little while as well. Uh, just probably chasing some sort of cash. Didn't get it, so threw them out. <laughs> Still, I got all the gigs. Mate, I wish. Did you? Come Swoop, you, did you ever fresh. wear the gloves? No, no, I didn't. I was never really a fan of the glove. I was a fan of other gloves. <laughs> no, you're not. But not the hand glove. Yeah, liar. Um, yeah, I was lying. But um, no, wouldn't mate, it be good if that. if the G Brackers tuned into this and the whole episode was just <laughs> on the gloves? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get the viewers. The mate. royal glove. Yeah, and then at the end, I just go. Anyway, but a bunch of rugby happened. Uh, but check it out. On that, yes. how does that mic feel? With it, your glove. Mate, You're holding it, it with your glove. There, it's non-slip now. Yes. No. I mean, it's You're not going to drop that no. puppy, no. are you? And the, no and the chance. Beer looks amazing. Now, we do have Drew on the ground there in Paris, and we probably you know, should touch on, I guess, the atmosphere now, Drew. Is it electric? Talk to me. Have you been out and about? What are the people doing? Yeah, look, it's been a pretty tough week for me, fellas. Um, <laughs> yeah, just logistically, haven't really been on top of things. Uh, first day in. Touchdown in the afternoon, had to film some stuff for Channel 9. Uh, phone went dead, which meant I I didn't have access to the passcode for my Airbnb. Um, so I was locked out first night in. Um, and then went out for a few beers, caught up with uh, former Wallaby Josh Valentine. Uh, had a few beers with him. Went back to the room. Uh, must have left the window open because I think a cat must have pissed on my bed. Is it? Kind of being me. <laughs> oh no! It's one of those so welcome to my world. That's the world's smallest violin, right there, Drewski. <laughs> Drinkle talks. Um, then, then uh, the Friday night. Friday night we had uh, the, the opener, um, Le Bleu versus the All Blacks. I had a ticket to go out to start to France, but I just, I don't know, I'm going to plenty of other games throughout the course of the World Cup and the finals at the back end, so there'll be great atmosphere at those. So I chose to go to the Champs-Élysées, to the rugby village, to be right amongst the thousands that flocked out to that. And, uh, mate, that was, honestly, that was just humming with uh, with that, like, with energy. There were people from all, all walks. I actually ran into the boys from the UQ, Red Heavies. They were on a tour over there and caught up with a few of those young blokes and, uh, and had a few wines. And, um, yeah, look, that was that was quite an experience, to be honest. I uh, don't remember much of the game, but uh, it was good to be right amongst the people. Okay, very good. Uh, all right, so we did see that opening game. It was unbelievable. The French defeating the All Blacks. Um, the atmosphere in the stadium, uh, electric. Is that the way you'd describe it? I would, yeah. Um, what does this mean for the All Blacks? What does this mean for France? Are they now the, the favourites to win this thing? I'll just jump in. I think uh, not much difference other than the fact that everyone thinks New Zealand is beatable. So you've had... Their rugby championship was awesome. Their intensity throughout that tournament was probably the best I've seen for a long, many, mm-hmm. many years. And then they go out, play at Twickenham, South Africa beat them. They obviously have a man off from a lot of the game, but they're beatable. Then they go in the first game, bang, they've never lost ever in a World Cup in a pool match, and they get done as well. So every single other country now thinks, okay, if we take New Zealand on in a sudden death game, whether it's quarter or semi, we, we can beat them. And there's a blueprint there to beat them as well. Whereas France, for me, uh, you know, they're the real deal. They've been two to three years impeccable form. And I guess the question mark was whether, you know, they've had a few guys that were, were not in that starting lineup, whether they'll be that strong. But that question has been answered. They're, f- they're freaking strong. And, and I can only go back to what we did in 03, a home World Cup, 
is usually a great thing for the host nation, and I think it's going to be great for France. Especially if you start well. That's when you're starting to feel the pressure. If you, Maybe you don't start well, but they've started well, beat the All Blacks. That was their big game. I think the, the type of rugby that you saw in this opening game, you won't see at the end of the tournament because it won't be as hot. The ball will be a little bit drier. There was a lot of knock, knock-ons, a lot of scrums, um, which probably played to the, to the French uh, a little bit more than potentially in the finals when the ball is going to be a little bit drier uh, as the weather cools off. Yeah, I, um, I was really surprised by the performance of the All Blacks. I actually backed them. I thought they'd go in there with a win. But um, like you said, the blueprint is just applying pressure. Like the French just, they started well, they applied pressure for most of the game and they kind of just capitalised on a lot of the errors of the All Blacks, like uncharacteristic errors. Mm. I don't know whether it was the, the exclusions of Sam Kane and Geordie Barrett, they missed the game, and also the, the sim bidding of Will Jordan certainly hurt, hurt the All Blacks. But you saw in that last 20 minutes, they just looked uncomfortable and they're kind of playing outside their game plan, but which kind of like provided what Snorky said, a bit of a blueprint on how to how to beat the All Blacks. But they'll be a completely different team, like what Keith said, next game and also towards the end of the the end of the tournament. But which every Australian, you know, a lot of WhatsApp groups I'm on is everyone's loving it. I, I, I didn't go that far and say, yeah, you know, nothing better than kicking the boot into the, the Kiwis. But the blueprint always to beat New Zealand is you have to take them out of their comfort zone. Mentally, emotionally, spiritual, spiritually, they have to know... That's not going to be on their terms. And I think the French did that really, really well. And every team that plays them in in a big match will do that as well. Jeez, you almost got my dick hard there, Sterling. Like <laughs> taking them out of the out of the game, spiritually taking them on. You know, took it, me back to 07. I love the way you talk. This is how the Snorkatron operates. Yeah, I'm hearing you. I love the Snorkatron. The gloves are on, baby. Yeah, that's it. I'm in fucking the zone, man. Yeah, it's game day. Now, Drew, celebrations post that. That win in France. Uh, I mean, are they are they sights you've never seen? Are we talking when the French football team won the World Cup in '98? What are we talking? Uh, yeah, I wasn't there for '98, oh, but um, mate, it's yeah, <laughs> mate. It, honestly, it's just a festival everywhere you go. There's um, there's people lined up on on, on the streets. There's uh, every cafe, every restaurant spilling out. There's uh, everyone wearing their national team jerseys and colours and, and things like that. There's People with kid off, budgie smugglers dancing around. Just I don't know, like mate, it's it's honestly it's it's really quite cool to sort of see the I guess the spirit of rugby and everyone just sort of like really getting along and and just being a part of it and uh, and everyone's mixing well. I haven't seen anyone blowing up or or having any uh, any scraps or anything. Like it's mate, it's it's um it's really something cool to be to be a part of. I actually think just on the game stuff, Thomas Ramos just hitting absolutely everything off the tee, and then you see later in the in the uh, the weekend. George Ford taking every opportunity, whether it be from jock goal or off the boot, just shows like how important it is to have a good goal kicker. And, um, you know, it's interestingly, Ben Donaldson came in at 15 and also took the tee duties from Carter Gordon, which I can't imagine would be too good for his confidence, Carter Gordon's, but good for uh, the performance because um, um, Ben Donaldson kicked pretty well for the Wallabies. No, that's a really awesome point, Drewski. I think the whole weekend, and we're going to go into it, but from my point of view, kicking out of hand in in game kicking, really, really important this World Cup. Categorically, it's going to be huge. And then kicking for poles is going to be huge as well, and that includes field goals. And if anything, the, the first the first round or the first you know week of games has shown us most of the kickers at poles, they're knocking them from 50, 55, from, they're having a crack everywhere and not scared to take field goals as well. And, and that's something that we haven't seen for a fair while. And I think about, you know, 
the functions that we've been to, I go back to the 99 World Cup. There was a semi-final against, you know, South Africa in Australia where there was actually no tries. It was, you know, it was field goals and penalty goals. And we don't necessarily want that, but certainly that is something that's really been prevalent so far in the tournament. Well, that is a good time to bring up England-Argentina, right? 27-10, they didn't score any tries. Uh, three drop goals. Um, were you guys getting PTSD, thinking back to Johnny in 03? Or? Well, even 2007. I remember there was one time Johnny tried to run out of the 22, and he threw a cup ball to Paul Sackey, but it bounced out. Um, and I sprayed Johnny. I said, that's right, just fucking sit in the pocket and kick. That's all you're good for. Didn't know him at the time. Didn't think I'd end up teammate. He deserved it, mate. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at you and said, well done, kid. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, we lost. Thanks to you missing that kick. Correct. Um, but then later on, when I was back at Toulon, he, he wrote a book and ended he was talking about this, some Aussie pest that was spraying him, talking about all you need to do is kick goals. And in his mind, he didn't say anything to me, but in his mind, he was thinking, well, we're winning. All I do need to do is kick goals. So he was kind of right. Um, hopefully he doesn't watch the show and he finds out it's me. But at the end of the game, we obviously missed. You had a shot at goal. When you went for goal, I've, I've wanted to ask you this. Did you ever think about going for the sideline for a line-out? I or? did. Yeah. Do you recall that our forward pack was getting dominated and our scrum got absolutely... Yeah, was I said line-out. Our, our scrum was on roller skates and our line-out actually was almost shitting itself too. Because it was a big kick. Yeah, no. How far was it? No, really? I got the distance. Oh, you did? We went over the post, the top of the post. <laughs> so, so I was at a function. So this, this he dance, still thinks that he this, got this This kick. dance was not an issue, have bro. You, have you had a look back at it? Have you looked back at the tape? No, 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 not at all. All I know is that I, when I hit it, I thought it was over. LT was to my left, Lottie DeCurie, left winger. Um, and he's to this day still thinks it went over. Now, I've said, mate, let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course you did. Tell me again. <laughs> Tell me again, but let it go. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say again? Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> no, no. But um, um, for the actual game, though, I got a bit sidetracked. Yeah, we um, did. Yeah. I actually think George Ford is probably one of his best games for England, and probably because he had two dominant ball carriers, I think, with him. Um, and he's not having to share the responsibility with a 12, potentially Owen Farrell or a Marcus Smith when he's moved around. I thought by far, by far it was the most controlling game he's had for England and he looked really confident the whole time. Yeah. Well, sometimes back to when you were playing point, um, you preferred that. Like the times where you and Quaid were picked at the same time, it was t tough for you to work out the balance. Whereas when you had two big centres like myself and another... Well, you just know easy. you're involved every time. Correct. Or you need to be steered, but then it can steer away from your running game at times. And that's where I like to have... Like at times with Quaid, it would work with, say, even Bernie, Sterling, um, Stephen Larkin. Like, he was a genius. But, yeah, that, yeah, I, I think uh, I preferred at 12 where you could pick and choose. As soon as you run, it doesn't matter because you're not involved or need to be directing the team around. But as a 10, I think probably the way forward is, you know, if they want to stick with George Ford, who played a great game, mm. just pick two ball-running 12s. Yeah. Now, Sweep, you are Mr. Defence. Um, obviously... England went one man down. Tom Curry, yellow card that got upgraded to the red card, courtesy of the countdown clock. Have we? Yeah. What do we think of that? Where you sit and watch and think, oh God, what are they going to decide? You know what I reckon? It's like it's a bit of assurance for the ref. Yeah, right. Like I, 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 I don't know which call to make, and I don't want to get in and trouble. Why, they just pass it so on. Here's a yellow. Yeah. Yellow. You blokes go to the side. Count down till you're told. Yeah, but you'd rather them make the right call than the wrong call. 
in that mm. scenario. True. Oh, absolutely true. true. So. Particularly in the World Cup. Now, how did they manage to then defend with 14 men against Argentina? Or well, making Argent- tackles prof and perfect timing because... Oh, this would be great. So whenever he talks. goes to the bathroom, Snorkinator, we do <laughs> we do a thing called Tinkle Talks. It's Tinkle. We basically, we spray gits. So Ivana Tinkle. You got any fluff on him? You got a story got about plenty of fluff on. Right, let's hear quick one while he's in the toilet. I'm trying to work out what's the best one for him. Well, it's quite apt you call him the, the Tinkle Warrior because his signature move used to be every now and then he'd do that at the bar, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everyone thought he was the and he at and he, the bar and he thought no the, one was untoward. No, no one, knew, no one knew, but we all did. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Did you know that one, Drew? Uh, yeah, I've, I've witnessed that a few times. I actually had a bit of splashback on the boots. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I think I know. The Tinkle Show Warrior. Up. I could talk about the time we were room together in Italy. I just got the back end of that, but I think I know where it went. <laughs> All I said is it's ironic they're calling you the Tinkle Man because <laughs> it used to be a signature move at the bar. Yeah. Well, the toilet was so far to walk. Yeah, that's right. Back in the I day, agree. of course. You, you were holding court. Yeah. Why go to the bar when you can just do it right there? They had, but I had the they had these troughs right there for you. Of course, you, they did and have And they troughs. said you were fine. Yeah, written permission, I'm sure. That's right. We now, troughs. Defence. Go rough. So, the Argentinians lost Pumas. Los How Pumas. could they not get past the 14 men? Yeah, I thought the Los Pumas would have been a lot more threatening in attack. It just seemed like the defence of the England team was was quite clinical. Like um, They've always started test matches very well with like a, what's known as like a zero-ruck policy where they just focus on getting every man back on their feet. They don't really contest the, the defensive ruck. Um, they're happy for attack, attacking teams to... I love this stuff. ...to throw everything at the yeah. defence and see what they've got and almost just kind of like demoralise the attack, you know, and just exhaust the attack and while backing their D. And they just kind of probably went back to that focus once the once they lost a man to the bin. Um, you could see that they had a lot of urgency and work rate to get back on their feet, present more numbers in the front line. They kind of manipulated their backfield and, mate, they did very well, not to let any points in when there was a man down. They had a lot of uh, line speed too. I reckon that caught um, Los Pumas off guard too because the last few tests, they've not really done that. So it's obviously been a focus of theirs pre-World Cup. Yeah, they've changed the the picture, a defensive picture. Um, And they needed to. They needed to. There's been a lot of controversy or a lot of opinions on the England performances uh, in the lead-up to this. Um, And like you said before, George Ford came and had an absolute blinder and was knocking him from 50 what out. What about that yeah. oh, 50 yeah. drop goal? Mate, I know he's and it's still a little, and, little and, Yeah, and it was stayed hit, right? Kept going. Now, yeah, there was did. a... You were talking about people that came out um, and made comment on the English team. There was a guy I heard on a podcast recently who called them a basket case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the guy. Do, you, do you remember that guy? Who was that bloke? <laughs> Bit of Biv? Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was me. Yeah. Uh, and I stand by my words. I said them. I can't take them back. It's one of the three things you can't get back, the spoken word. But look, I, I thought uh, George Ford, I, I don't know if you can drop him after that. I know that uh, eventually, I think in one more game, Owen Farrell will come back, the, the captain for England. But I, I, not just that he kick his goals and, and, and his field goals, but he changed the game. Like he, that, like when, he, when he hit two consecutive field goals, like that changed the entire momentum of the game. Uh, the lost Pumas were exactly that. They were fucking lost out there. Uh, they weren't firing any shots. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you can go. I don't know if you can you can drop George George Ford after that performance. And like you said, Gitz, it seems like he suits those two biggest centers on the outside of him. Um, and he's playing with plenty of confidence. I don't know. I also don't think 
if Owen Farrell was the ten in that game, whether it would have gone out the same way, whether he would have chosen those same sort of options. So uh, I think you kind of have to stick with George Ford um, moving forward and moving forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, look, amazing. I, I, I may, have, yeah, basket case. Maybe I got that one wrong, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a it's early it's early doors. There's plenty of time uh, still for those boys to to end up in in a basket and cooking barbecues come October. I tell you what, though. It- I mean, for a defensive team, every time the attacking team's getting in your 50 and they're coming away with points on entry through drop goals, it stinks. Like, I know during your era, you probably had that a little bit against Johnny Wilkinson, was renowned for that. Uh, I played against the Springboks. We had Francois Day Mornay Snay, and that would just pop from 50 out. Um, and obviously on the weekend, you could see that. You could just see that that stung. It's not really bums on seats rugby, though. Yeah, but it? No, but it's, 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 World happening, Cup. it's happening World Cup. No, it's annoying, yeah. though. Yeah. And that's what see, I'm saying. See, you're a casual. Us. You're a, yeah, you've come from league. Oh, you're into the rugby. Blowfly Peter. Have you seen? Have you seen exactly. But that's my, you, that's my have point. Have you seen how many? That's my point. Have Sorry, you seen dude, how many fucking bums are on seats in the stadiums? Yeah, well, shut up, mate. There's a bit of delay. Have you seen how many bums are on seats in these stadiums, bro? Yeah, They're I fucking do. full, unlike the, that Mickey Mouse Rugby League World Cup. Fucking please. Yeah, yeah. see, I like when he's in this attitude. Hey, he's don't turn grumpy. on me. I, your mate's wearing a fucking Raiders jersey here, so we're all... We're all just pro- paying homage to the old man. Look, this look, the old look man's at your jersey. hamstring on that shot. you still got it, Go- right, Goitan. Goitan. Now, can I ask, Drew, I want to ask the three Wallabies, four Wallabies, a serious question here. We are looking at a lost permis that are a bit lost. Do we think right now Michael Checker has kidnapped them? And that they are <laughs> being held somewhere. Do you have you heard, Drew? Are they okay over there? Uh, no one's heard anything from anyone in the Argentina setup. Um, I, I can't imagine that uh, would have been a, a very quiet post-game interview. Oh, I sorry, ch- uh, change room for for the Lost Pumas. I reckon Czech would have absolutely blown a, a blood vessel down his neck, um, screaming at those blokes because they just like there's nothing worse when you're playing any kind of game and you feel like you haven't fired a shot. And I, I would probably assume that that's probably the feeling they would have had after that game. They just didn't really fire anything at the English. And um, and check, like a lot of people are saying, it's perhaps maybe the worst performance from any team at any World Cup. And that sort of stuff hurts you, even if it's not true. The fact that those sort of sentiments are flying around, um, you know, that, that, that can hurt you. And, uh, yeah, I would, I'm not too sure who Argentina have next, but I'd be wary if I was opposing them. Well... Boys, it's probably time to uh, head to the Wallabies match against Georgia. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yes. We are back, baby. Yeah. We shit it in. Yeah, we're winning the World hey. Cup. Mate. <laughs> one from six, we're back, baby. <laughs> one from one. It's all framing. Got to frame it. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't see anybody get in front of us now. I don't no, think. We're, we're gone. <laughs> we're away. 35-15 over Georgia, a powerhouse. Yes. We're ranked nine in the world. They're ranked 11. Yeah. <laughs> Gave it to them. Yeah. Um, takeaways, boys. Uh, obviously, you had Donaldson at fullback. Um, very good uh, shots on goal. Um, was it five from six? I think he yep. slotted. We're looking good. Mm. We're young, but we're looking I good. Had a, I had a major siffy with that start. Yeah. You know, like the boys started very well. They came out the first 10 minutes. Jordan Taylor was very dominant. Mm. Uh, one try, try assist. And they just held on to the footy and they played this very direct game. And we kind of heard in the in the press in the lead up that they were going to show a different picture in the World Cup. They did that in the first 10, yeah. 15 minutes. They were direct. They held on the border. They applied pressure. They came away with points every time they entered uh, the 22. For me, um, 
very happy with the win. It's the start that we needed, but set piece. I felt we dropped away in the second half. Set piece is a bit of an issue, particularly line out, and that's a huge source of possession for us. And we said it all along on the couch. You need the ball to win test match footy, and you just can't give test teams, particularly on a World Cup stage, the opportunity to counterattack. And so turning over the ball is is absolutely crucial. So we need to tidy up those errors. Um, we do that, or we're in really good shape. Yeah, I'm actually going to do the opposite. So I thought set piece was phenomenal. Like, <laughs> so scrum. Can you do that? Scrum. You can. Someone's, someone's right. Was impeccable, right? And and the team we were playing. That, I didn't that, mention that, scrum. That, mate. I that is that is their spiritual home, and we fucking schooled them, right? That was really that set the standard for the for yeah, the game. Yeah. Now the issue was second half line out was in, there was two or three in a row where we totally foobarred. Um, <laughs> Fubard, mate, your yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was unbelievable yeah, how bad that was. Yeah. There was one where who's our replacement hooker? I, I, I can't. Vassler. Oh man, Vassler. he had, he had a merry day. Like, oh merry. He's good what though. Done? He's really good. He threw it one time. There was no Australian guy even in the vicinity of where he threw it to. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, and so. That was a concern. He needed these. Yeah, he, if he had glovemers, then we glovemers. would have been sweet as a nut. If you have the glovemers. You get the vote here, right? Set yeah. piece, shit house, or phenomenal. It's, it's over to, Well, actually, we, we're going to go to the biv still as well. Yeah, let's go to biv now. You want to go to biv? Yeah. Set piece, phenomenal or shit? Yeah, I thought the scrum was good. Uh, I thought also um, Arnold and, and Skull were fucking huge, not just physically, but just their presence. And then, yeah, I think that's probably just a little bit of... Um, like lacking in cohesion in the second half when the subs came on for for the line out, but overwhelmingly, I, I, like overall, I think uh, the the scrum was was strong. I just felt for the Georgians; they're fucking so hairy, those men, and it was so fucking hot. So, like they were playing under under duress. That's the other the thing. How hot is it the over there? Body there had, and, so. and how good was the hooker's beard, mate? It's honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like uh, two years of work, man. Yeah, can I? Uh, we'll go back to your t- temperature, but that hooker we played with at Toulon, he got in trouble uh, from mm. the French league for betting on Toulon when he was playing for Toulon. <laughs> but, but the good thing was he was betting on us to win. I think we were playing in Paris against Russing, and we were like four to one odds, and he bet on us to win. I think that's fine. I don't think you can get in trouble. It's only if you start shaving points or you start. <laughs> dropping the ball deliberately to lose. Yeah. I'm with you. You should yeah. be able to bet on yourself in every game. I'll yeah. just say you should never head go head. down that path ever. I've seen guys who did, and it's not good either way. Okay. Well, Drew, that weather, you talked to me about that. Is it hot? How hot is it? Oh, guys, it's honestly, it's fucking steamy. It's 34 degrees. There's like not a like a breath of wind. It's um, it's still, it's hot, it's humid, it's sticky. Um, I've got, I'm hitting... I'm pro- boys, I'm averaging maybe fifteen to twenty thousand steps, so you can imagine my my chafage around the the, the gonad oh, area. Oh, the juice, the guan juice, yeah, Chevy chafage. Yeah, yeah, there's a fair bit going on, fellas. So um, that's probably another reason why I'm, I'm not not using any of those those um, protective gloves that you gave me before I left, because uh, <laughs> it's just not it's not a, not not a fucking. Yeah, you nice don't need the extra right layer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's stay in our pool, eh, boys? Let's uh, let's go. Wales defeating Fiji thirty-two twenty-six. Um, oh, poor Fiji. Mm, they, yeah, mm. poor Semi Radradra. 
He had that. The, there's a ball over the top, but it bounced in front of him, and he just dropped his lollies. I reckon they probably didn't need. They could have gone through the hands. Um, but yeah, he Jemaine. did have. The, he did have the opportunity to to pick it up. I thought Fiji showed what they're capable of between the tenth and twentieth minute, where they just piled on two quick tries, and then again that seventieth to eightieth minute they piled on another two quick tries. So they're still dangerous. They're going to be a hard team to play against. They probably just were in a rush to razzle-dazzle the fans, probably. Well, the commentator, he got a, a pretty right. He said, Fiji are going to give it some air. This is in their DNA. This is their moment. Ah, uh, lost forward. Mm. So mm. it is the razzle-dazzle right at the end rather than... Oh, the snorkel tinkle talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sterlo's going for a tinkle real oh, quick here. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah, you got sh- one for sh- it? Yes, I do. He's, in, he's pretty quick. Um, so I was room with him in Italy. I can't remember where it was. Over his screen. Anyway, that's really irrelevant. Came back and they have bidets there. He he was there asleep, totally nude, passed out on the bidet. <laughs> Don't know what he was trying to do. You know, mate. What do you got for me? I reckon. No, no it's talking about Drew. I reckon. <laughs> Bit of an ass round. How good. Tinkle Talks. We've got to get a sponsor. It's the best segment ever. Oh. Do, do you get that photo that I sent through to the group? Yeah, thank you for that. The, about the yes, so wear? yeah, adults, adult, adults, yeah, adult uh, uh, underwear. Yeah, if you are watching this and you are involved in adult, uh, depends. Nappies, yeah, yeah, we we would like you to sponsor our <laughs> yeah. segment product yeah, I, and because I, I you're happy to be the face. I could have done with one kids. first night. Well, yeah, I could be the the front of it, really. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that that when they pull on the nappy, your face is just at the front. There. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it'd like be muggies. Uh, so. Anything else to come out of Wales, Fiji, that we wanted to talk about? Um, Eddie said, we're not thinking about Fiji. They're at the end of the week. Um, are you nervous for the Wallabies or you think we're okay? I, I thought that pretty hard done by. There's a lot of chat around uh, how many penalties the Welsh were giving away in their 22. And it's, I think it was four consecutive penalties. Um, was, I think the, the stats are like the the Fijians only gave away three penalties in the game and got a yellow card and the the Welsh 19 penalties and only one yellow card as well. So there's going to be a lot of chat about that regardless of whether we like it or not. Um, I think Tua Saiba, you touched on him, Gitz. I thought he he was um, a, a big sort of uh, impact player off the bench. I think we might sort of see him play more minutes moving forward. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the Welsh kind of showed once you just you pin them down, play deep, and put them under pressure on their own line, like the, the feet. That's sort of where the Fijians were infringing. It's kind of how you got to play them. Once it sort of started to open up and fracture, and they started getting sort of that second phase play and uh, a couple of those offloads. One of those offloads from I think it was Rad Rudger back, or maybe it was back into Rad Rudger, and he went through to to then uh, pass to the seven for their try. Like it, it literally threaded the needle between two Welsh players. Like the, the, their their ability to offload is fucking better than anyone else. But it also means they have the tendency to have a bit of a loose carry because they've got that in mind to kind of like keep that hand free for the, the offload. So that's probably where we saw a couple of loose carries from the Fijians. But they're more than capable. And there'd be moments there where they can just, if they can just, um, you know, like maybe play to the phases, retain the ball and go again rather than trying to offload, uh, they'll, they'll start to apply a bit more pressure on the opposition. And that's where they'll be even more threatening. Did you have something to add there, Snorkinator? Yeah, I, I did. It was, it's more around just the fact that perceived tier two nations have an unconscious, there's an unconscious bias that referees go into games that, that actually mm. 
they don't get the rub of the green. And that certainly was the case in this game, like as Drewy alluded to. And I guess going back to the, the technology, um, Sportable was used in the Six Nations, right? And they, they could actually tell you within a centimetre where the line crossed the touch line and where the referee, the TMO or the touch, touchy, put out. And so the Six Nations, there was a huge delta between the, the lower-ranked teams and the, the, the high-ranked teams. So, so Ireland had a net positive of way north of 40 metres and teams like Italy um, had way negative. That was just from one Six Nations tournament, right? So this is just this is just yeah. quantifying unconscious bias, and we've always known like when you play home and away, when you go away, the referee categorically favours the home nation. But in this scenario, no one's home, no one's away besides the French, obviously. And what tends to happen is a tier one nation or the one that that, that we expect to win gets the rub of the green, and that's just that unconscious bias that we're talking about. And so your technology is going to remove that. Well, we'll remove some of it, hopefully. Some of it. Yeah. Or it'll just point it out. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Correct. Speaking about pointing out, Drew, over there, is there any chat around Dan Bigger when he sprayed George North uh, twice during the game? Did you see that? <laughs> the big arena. Mate, that was fucking – that was pretty ordinary, I thought. Um, yeah, he's emotional and he's the leader and all that sort of shit. But, like, you know, it was – just going into half time, he wanted him to kick it out and instead he ran and he dropped it and it was the end of the half anyway. But it happened on but two he, occasions. He literally ran fifty meters. Like yeah, but like just ran and just sprayed him. Like I honestly would have fucking collared him in the dressing room if I was George <laughs> North. Like I mate, like I, I get it, mate. I got your first point. Like I, I don't mind being sprayed. I get it. But don't then fucking pork chop me for the next sixty meters while you go into the tunnel. Like I would have definitely had words. Maybe I would have thrown my first ever punch. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, you would have lost your first ever fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would have fucking done it, defending my fucking honour. Good on you. Love that. This is what this podcast is all about. Drewski. Yeah. In fine form. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's move on to uh, the other big game from the from the uh, first pool match. South Africa defeating Scotland 18-3. to um, Very tight contest. Yeah, pretty clinical. For, firstly... Are we going to talk about the jerseys or the Guernseys? Yeah, we were talking about this. Oh, fuck me. Oh, I love them. It split Drew, the room Drew in here. Mate. Yeah. yeah. There was no South African green on that. Yeah, that's what it I love about it. It was or <laughs> some <laughs> disgusting piece of shit colour. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a proud South African by the sounds of things. Freak the suit. Yeah, freak the suit. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. I thought the actual performance was pretty clinical. They never really, while it was tight, I thought they always had the game in the bag and they... Showed the variety of ways that they can score. You look at Peter Steph to Toit just barging over, uh, and then you see the crossfield kick for you know fifty oh, meters. Can we talk about like. that for a second? Lebox, no look. No look. Oh, Magic Johnson yeah. out there just staring the guy down, and unbelievable. Normally, I do not rate that shit ever. Yeah, <laughs> unless it works. Ever? Unless you've done it. <laughs> unless, unless no. I just, I just think why. But I think it was almost like instinctual. He 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 wanted to make it look as though he was kicking over there, and he's bang, and it was unbelievable. I, I was yeah, super slow. It's become a real that. thing. This crossfield kick for the wingers that wasn't such a part of the game when you guys. Well, yeah. oh, the pass kick was always been around. Yeah, but why are you getting your brother-in-law buddy down to the Wallabies? The Budlicious. Uh, he couldn't. You see him in the set shot. He's pretty ordinary. <laughs> Great yeah. fella. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> no, he, he was always on the run, right? Yeah, yeah. Set always shot, on set the shot, move. Yeah. Ix now on the... Because yeah. yeah, no. there was the one in the Wales, Fiji as well. Um, Morgan across to the winger. Same thing. It was... Yeah. 
Did you catch a few of those in your days? Spook? Oh, a couple. I couldn't jump high enough. I mean, when I was playing, it was more targeted towards Izzy Folau. That guy could get up very, very high. And yeah. it just was a very good attacking threat for us. You know, it's a, it just gives guys like that a one-on-one opportunity out on the edge. And all they've got to do is get up, catch it, and basically put it over the line. And when you've got like either penalty advantage, why not fire a shot? Yeah. Um, but where yeah, the game's the, at right uh, now, it's, is... not, it's a kick pass, right? It's yeah. a lat- lateral kick pass. Yeah, whereas, it's AFL. Whereas probably, you know, I even go to 03 in the World Cup final against against England. Jason Robinson was on the left wing. Our move was always, if we have a scrum or a line on the right-hand side, we're going to kick on him. And it was either Lottie going up or me going up. Either way, he's fucking dead, right? <laughs> and, and and so and so it was if it was in the 15 or inside, it was my ball. And it was on the five or from the wing to the, to the 15, it was LT's ball. The first set play we got, bang, <laughs> Bernie's put up the high ball, LT scored, and it was it was almost like a, a given. The only unfortunate thing, everyone keeps on saying, why don't you do more of it? We didn't have many right-hand set pieces. We got the good quality ball to do that. But what you're seeing now well, is in the modern game, like especially this World Cup, you're seeing a lot more chip kicks, you see a lot more kick passes laterally, and it's from unstru- unstructured phase ball where the tens are that good. They're seeing it and just taking advantage of it, which is awesome. Yeah, well, on on those kick passes, like there's those contested ones that Swoop spoke of, and and what you're talking about there as well, Sterling, like the ones contested ones up, you know, put it on a small guy and just get someone who's elite in uh, the aerial contest. But what we're seeing is so many opportunities now for just to kick passes where there's space, whether there was that one to uh, from from the block because. Now there's the, the back three. You've got to be so conscious of the 50-22s. We saw one where uh, Cheslin Colby had to hustle really hard to make sure he get back and tap it back in and keep the ball in play. So the the, the, the wingers in the back three are in sort of, uh, I, I guess they've they got to hedge their bets as to whether they come up and, and defend in the line or they've got to go back and drop depending on where they're on the field to cover that 50-22, which then means there's more space on the edge for a kick pass rather than a contestable kick. So... I mean, I, I think we'll see a lot more of it moving forward in this in this um, in this World Cup because it's a it's a huge play given the fact that there's those law adjustments with the fifty twenty two and additions are starting to like we're starting to see why oh, like teams play like take advantage of it because it's creating more space on those edges. So I, I think it's um it's not just the contestables; it's just the space that you've got to try and uh, try and fill. It's good to watch. I'm gonna be honest. If it's I can't. I, I haven't got the drop goals, but yeah. <laughs> the no, kick pass. That's bums on seats. You'll take those. I will take those any day of the week. Um, other results: Ireland eighty-two eight. Romania thought the Romanians were unlucky there. Yeah, no, showed yeah. promise. Um, Just really the kickoff <laughs> went against them, didn't it? <laughs> it was. Well, yeah. It was Sorry, so unlucky. Just, just Italy on this fifty-two one. eight over Namibia. Uh, Japan forty-two twelve over Chile. Anything to take away from that? But Obviously, boys, Irish boys, running yeah. red hot. Fuck, Prof, yeah. I'm fucking mute or what? Oh, put your hand up, and mate. All those games. <laughs> mate, I've fucking been speaking. I've been putting hand up. I'm about to dial out, go back to bed. Um, Romania, Chile, and Namibia all scored first. Like, who would have picked those for first try scores? Every one of the minnow teams, uh, except, yeah, no, probably most of those ones, um, scored first, come out absolutely firing. And then that was pretty much where they just packed up shop and... and it, um, Threw it in. So, um, but the the Chilean <laughs> is that their first World Cup? Because it I is, saw yeah. the anthem and they were pretty emotional. Oh, the absolutely. In the Which on the anthems? Um, oh, who's Jesus. got the best one? What's doing there the, though? The best country. Take Australia Not, out, obviously. No. Well, 
Currently at the World Cup, all the anthems suck balls. They're terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Muriel's said, wedding. Mate, yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, what's Muriel's wedding? You're terrible, Muriel. Yeah, so what they've got <laughs> is they've got recordings of kids' choirs. Yeah. Oh, no. That's a disgrace. And yeah. and because Brian O'Driscoll, who I know is, you guys love him on this show. Body. The yeah. Bodsky. He, he came out and said, let me read this quote for you. He said, uh, it's a damp squib. To be sure, to be sure. To be sure, to be sure. And the potatoes, to be sure. <laughs> so you saw the interview. So is that what he said? What's a damp squib? Damp squib is when something is built up to be awesome and then it turns out to be... Scheisenhausen. Yeah. Uh, you got to feel for the kids, don't you? Like the gloveness. You do. Let me read it to you here. I've got the exact quote from the bod. Body. Uh, he said it was. they're being butchered. He said that the French and the Italian anthems, when it comes to passion, there's nothing better. And it's pretty hard to butcher them. But he said mm. the World Cup's doing a really good job of it. And then he said they're a bit of a damp squib at the moment. So I went to an event um, for the good the good of rugby. and <laughs> 10K? How much did you get, brother? <laughs> no, no, no. For the good of rugby. Business flights? And there was a French guy there. Um, and he was saying the, the best thing about him and why he's booked a last-minute ticket to the semifinal. He hopes that they obviously – France are going to be playing – but they used to have an orchestra and they start off the, I think it could be the Marseillais, maybe is that what it's called? Um, and they just start playing the music. Then all of a sudden, they stop the music and it's all the crowd singing. Oh, wow. The so, start. I mean, but yeah. that's so what I mean. That, that, do France, you think that's like, the most powerful one out of all of them, the French one? Um, this is good. Let's go. Yeah, nah. I mean, I really, I really like that one. I liked um, playing in South Africa and hearing that. Um, you know, the two different... Africa. Yeah, they've got it in English and then Afrikaans. Like, that was that was pretty cool. Um, oh, the Italian oh, one's okay. But it's I just think with the... Uh, loud, like, long. With these, with these anthems. So, the, the, apparently, the kids' uh, the kids choirs are, are unprivileged kids. So, it's, oh, it's nice shit. to kind of, you know, like, give kids an opportunity. Yeah, so you're all fucking asshole. Not me. I said I... The poor um, kids. Mate, it was Brian O'Driscoll. I, I was just reading from the board. Yeah, no, no. I, I think I think there's definitely space for it. I think they maybe should play that, um, you know, uh, World of Union. You know, it's the world oh, yeah. in you. Like maybe after the game or something to have them included. Like play that. But I just think that, you know, like as you know, boys, it's, it's your last time, like last chance to sort of be there arm in arm with each other before you go out there to play. I think you've got to be able to play like, you know, sing to whatever level you want to sing in a, in a rendition that's, that, that you're used to. Um, a lot of it as well, like you guys were sort of also saying, without the instrumental, you don't have any lead up. It's just all of a sudden kids are starting to sing, so you, you lose that. I think um, I, uh, I saw Laura Jane Jones from the Try Hard podcast, just so I'm not taking her shit off Twitter, but she mentioned that. And I think it's a, it's a good point. I, I don't know. I just, I'm also, I think kids should always run out with the, uh, with the players when you're in the tunnel. Maybe, you know, where you, you see players holding their hands. But then after that, I think the kids should just get off. Like it's time for the players. We're now seeing like kids stand in front of players and anthems and are taller than the players and shit. Like, fucking, at that point, it's got to be about the players. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to come in, like, because this is this gets me a lot. So, <laughs> oh, so you prepared your whole entire four years for this moment, and then you're singing your anthem, which means in that moment, in that point in time, you're representing your whole entire nation, and for them to fuck it. Royally, I used to, I used to hate it. So I, I specifically remember a game, Test match over in New Zealand, where the the guy, and it was not his fault. It was just he was a Kiwi, and he got the 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 line wrong. I was 
all right but then i thought i'm not going to do it but but that was just that was a good anthem right Mm. and we all punched it out and we were ready to rumble and ready to face the harker right but if you go to a scenario here we're talking about where all the anthems that it's 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 not what they're used to i just don't think it's the right thing yeah it can throw Um, you off you, you prep a little bit at the start of the game. It's even like if you hear something and they sing the wrong word, you're internally you're giggling, but you don't want to show it. You still want to sing, but it's just like, I don't know. As, well, for me, I'm quite superstitious, so I like things to be pretty consistent. So if someone fucks an anthem, really, I get a little bit worried. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's, it can it's, a, be, it's a big thing. Because, well, it throws you off, and now you're starting to think about that. Even times you go back in the change room, hopefully after a win, but you're like, fucking, what about that anthem? Or you use it and just bring him, bring everyone in and say, "Hey, that, that was that was toxic. That was horrific." Yeah, let's use okay, it. Let's, let's let's go again. Feel, feel but uh, but uh, but I guess going back to anthems, I uh, love all the anthems. Um, but the Scottish anthem yeah. with bagpipes, Flower, Flower of Scotland. Scotland. Flower of Scotland. I remember yeah, going. I remember, I remember going to Scotland touring when I was a young young lad, a wee lad, um, in Ooh. in ninety six. I think it was. Went to Murrayfield as a as a like a, as a tourist, and then playing there three years later in 2000 and I was actually singing the national this a flower of Scotland with the bagpipes and I was like oh shit I shouldn't be singing because mm. um, 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 O Canada is my favourite okay <laughs> <laughs> how does that go O Canada <laughs> our home in native <laughs> land true <laughs> we um, got the accent you got the accent down Pat the hockey before every game in US uh, the MLR, they play the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. I saw that for yeah. every every game. game. Yeah, that, that that's like that that wears out pretty quick, right? Well, it's hard. I mean, especially when you're not from there. So for us, just kind of not the locals. They had yeah. hand on chest. I'll get right into it. That's one, that's one thing they do amazing. They punch out the anthems and how much they love their country. No one does it better than America. True. Have you got a favourite anthem other than? No, I was going to say the Flower of Scotland. Oh, but they're all good. Yeah. Uh, they're Biff, all have you? Did you pick one? Yeah, I like Angels from uh, Robbie Williams. Fucking absolute, absolute. <laughs> How does it go? You also sung with Daryl Braithwaite. Horses. Way, there's an angel. <laughs> contemplate my face. Oh, you started yeah, flying no, your range. Not, I was going to say that voice. Is a one hell of a yeah. rosé. That is, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. All right, hey, that's the that's the first pool matches out of the way. Uh, lots to take away from it. Lots to look forward to as we continue with the World Cup. Has anybody got anything else they want to say? Have we touched on the Wallabies enough? Maybe we could talk about the Wallabies a little bit more. What do you Hello? got, Snorky? You got something well, for no, us? No, I just I just think that the the back three was as good as we could have hoped for. Mm. In particular, the positional play, everything they gave, and how much the kicking game. They impacted positively so that you had a 10 that was kicking really well out of hand and you had a 15 that was contributing off the tee as well as ball in hand as well. So I just think that's a really, really good thing for us because previously we didn't have that. The balance was way out for a back three. So trajectory where if I'm, we're on we're the winning. way up. We're on the we're, way. We're on the way up to shit. The, the other input. The other the important talk, talking point as well is Tate McDermott. Uh, you know, like obviously we, we hope he's doing well after his pretty pretty significant head knock. Um, you'd imagine he will miss this PG game, and it would mean that uh, the halves are Nick White and Isaac Fines, Leila Wasser, uh, depending which way they go with that one. But um, that's a pretty crucial one there with Tate McDermott. He's kind of 
formed that partnership with uh, with Carter Gordon, and, and you'd, you'd imagine, like, I don't think there's any chance of him playing this weekend. Would you guys agree with that, with what you saw? Yeah, no, he, yeah. he looked pretty – he's got the jelly legs. He was he was gone there. I yeah. actually thought Jordan Patea, that was probably one of his best mm. games, and being yeah. the first test um, – that's some real positive signs for us, I reckon. I reckon too. The, both sides of the ball for Geordie. Yeah. Um, strong in attack. We saw the start. Um, you know, influence had big influence on those two early tries in defence, making really good reads. Um, you saw that um, they they kind of cut our line up a little bit when Geordie went off. So a few issues there that I think they need to address in defence. But for me, the two standouts were the both edge men, two marky marks. Yes. They were very very strong. Look very threatening in attack, and that's exactly what Wallabies need. Positive signs. Well, just on, on Wallabies fans. Wait, wait, wait. Just, just on Marky Mark. Mark, no one need to ask. That. I'm, I'm uh, here in Tenetian, and I'm here with a journalist from uh, World Rugby Magazine, and he was saying he's got a lot of, um, you know, you'd like this still, a lot of data analytics and stuff from from the the website and googling and stuff. So Mark, no one need to ask. That. He's obviously just burst onto the scene. He's killing it, but apparently a lot of people are having issues trying to Google his name, right, to find out a little bit more about him, get a little bit more history about him and find out, you know, where he's come from and all that sort of stuff. So it didn't – I think I've always liked the idea of having players' names in the back of their jerseys because it can also then go and help with spread the exposure of our, our team as well. People want to know about players, who are they, where they came from, and, and uh, you know, obviously Marky Mark, Mark Nawanga need to like, – some, some people Gee, you may love not saying his name. Know. He doesn't he? it well. But he says it so well. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, but, it's a nice name once you get if, the hang of it. If you want to, yeah, if you want to Google it and all of a sudden you look up at the screen and it's on the back of his jersey, then fucking great. Like it's, it's just those little small things to help the game and the exposure of the game spread. Like why wouldn't you fucking just put someone's name on their jersey? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it would have to start at the base of his back and <laughs> yeah. make its way yeah. around the number, and <laughs> then about an S bend, and then an S bend, and then we would. But yes, I I agree, Drew. Hey, should we give some mid-show thanks, guys? Oh, to our great friends. Yes. To yeah. our great friends. The best uh, friends. Harvey Norman, great supporters of Aussie rugby and the home of technology and the place to get your furniture, bedding, and electrical appliances. They've got a great range, great value, and great prices on TV. So make sure you get down to Harvey Norman and grab a smart TV so you can stream the whole of the Rugby World Cup in Ultra HD and watch the Wallabies shit it in over in France. Mm. You forgot mm. one very important oh, item. What was it? Oh, have you have you noticed the rug? Stella? Stella. The rug ma. <laughs> the rugma. The rugma. This is the most it's important. The, it's the number Should one Should I take my item. shoes off so take I can take them off? No, he doesn't mind. bask in the glory of the rugma? She, what? he... Is it a um, Snorkola. You yeah. wouldn't believe it. Snor- this is the last rug. Somebody named it online. They want us to call it Rugchi McCall. Oh, Rug that's not Chi funny. It, no, it's not bad. In New Zealand, it'll be okay. Yeah, but- no, but you've got your feet on him, see? Yeah, I know, uh, but it's also... Not we, we can't shoot um, in the go modern game. I think we should encourage our... I think we should encourage our listeners to maybe throw in some suggestions and maybe we'll get a name for it. Yep. Love it. Yeah, Drewski. Drew. Jeez. I reckon he's woken up. Drill Beanie's on yeah. fire right now. Yeah, Water well, there's, there's also over here, for the World Cup, one French uh, beer company have made a beer called Rug Beer. Oh, maybe I could use yeah, that so like oh, rug as well as, as well as beer. Oh, you know what? Slice a little corner off. Bit of bit of rug action. Just throw that on top. And bevoir. <laughs> yeah, with a bevoir. Dublay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, a few weeks ago, you said we've got to get the snorkelator on. You yeah. both were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Mate. I did a lunch with him, and everyone's gone, "Wow." Yeah. Is that what he's like? Was he just on stage performing? I said, "No, that's Sturlo." I said, "The hard thing is on a tour." 
you've got that energy every day for six weeks. <laughs> and on a day off, he's like, boys, what are you up to? And I was just going, oh, I can't handle this today. Like, <laughs> fucking down. Snorkeltron was full you, steam in every gym session in Canberra. Yeah. Wait up, Drew's you, on. Yeah, you... No, I was just going to say, you'd be bench pressing and a snorkel beanie's spotting you and he's like going, ooh, snorkeltron, ooh, snorkeltron. And I'm fucking, I'm, I'm struggling with my bench press. I'm thinking, fuck a snorkeltron, fucking focus, mate. I'm going to put my mouth guard in. Just making you work optimally, Drewski. <laughs> now, uh, gents, time for a brand new segment. Um, it's just I've been uh, watching lots of Rugby Union and been reading the news um, and I've just got a few questions for my mm. former Wallabies that you guys might be able to help me with. The new segment's called Big Rotch Ball Small Queries. Oh, I love it. Oh, Ooh. that's, that's Room good. for a sponsor. Beautiful segment. Thank mm. you. Uh, first question is about uh, David Campisi. So he had a bit to say on Eddie Jones. A uh, few quotes, if you don't mind me reading them to you there, guys. For Eddie, it has always been about self-promotion. I played with him at Randwick and he's never forgotten... He's never gotten over Phil Kearns, our second choice hooker to Eddie, leapfrogging and getting the Wallaby shirt Jones so dearly desired. It has always been his way or the highway. It's been about him proving a small man is big enough to mix it with the behemoths of the test game and at times that leads to self-promotion that characterizes his press conferences and sound bites. He's won nothing as a test head coach, yet he still acts like Sir Alex Ferguson. He didn't go light on him, did he? <laughs> Wow. No. When well, did he say this? I, this isn't I, an article. Campy. Yeah, I, I, I think it's ironic that uh, Campo says that it's always about Eddie Jones. I mean, fuck, it, it's about anyone. It's about Campo when he speaks. So, a glass houses, I reckon. Yeah, well, for me, he's a Queenian boy. I'm from Queenian. We've got the David Campisi field. So, yeah, I mean, comments like this don't help his legacy. He should be remembered as one of our, one of our greatest wallabies. You know, I think he was the first one to get 100 tests, so... Yeah, I don't know what he's trying to achieve here. And it's a great segue because we also have the David Campisi Award in Kangaroo Court, which oh. refers to the most selfish wallaby. Wow. I don't know why that happens, <laughs> but that's what happens. Did you ever get that award? Never. And what talk is it? You just, kangaroo... you just skull a beer? You is that what it was? So talk to me about Kangaroo Court because these guys have talked about bringing it into the podcast and I'm a bit nervous about it. Mm. Ooh. And tanning. used to work Ooh, with the wallabies. Tanning. Talk, okay. tell me. I want to just tell you... Walked down memory lane. I did not know why you didn't get there. We had a 2003 World Cup reunion. Uh, you know, it's been 20 years. We only had it about, what, a month, month and a half ago. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you were really busy. Yeah, no. No, no. You couldn't be fucking up from Canberra? No, no. I had a legitimate reason. What was it? Well, it's not yeah, legit. He was watching okay. the races. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, it was on the punt. So um, we had a kangaroo court session that lasted for two hours. And we didn't get even to general business. So basically, the way the court session works is there are specific items you must go through and awards like the David Campisi Award or the Louis Armstrong Award. Or What's the, the French, Louis, Armstrong? Louis Armstrong? Well, blowing your own trumpet. French ah. wingers. French wingers. You know, Rumi, two, yeah. two blokes that are inseparable on tour. All these things. So we went through all of our awards and we never got to general business. General business is normally when it's the most fun, where I can put my hand up or elbow because you can't point <laughs> and, and and say, Adam Asher Cooper has been extremely selfish or done this and this and this. I want to, you know, I want to put him up for a skull. And then, then the court deems or the judges deem whether it's worthy. And if it's not, I've wasted everyone's time and I drink. So is it still a thing? Are they still doing kangaroo court with the no, Wallabies? It, it, no, I think it's now canapes. It's been, yeah. It was 30 minutes of power back in 2003 with yeah. Eddie. You'd be in there for 30 minutes is all he's saying. Um, 
but it ended up it was it was pretty loose. And if you didn't drink, you you better eggs. off drinking. Raw eggs are no good. Like if yeah, you have right. five, ten raw eggs in thirty <laughs> minutes, you're doing it tough. <laughs> or all the wheat bix. Dry wheat bix. Yeah. All we got to bring this in. But the hard the thing is, you can't be a non-contributor. See, if you don't contribute, you get punished as well. Yeah, so, so you've got GB. to contribute without making a dick out of yourself, which some people found hard. <laughs> <laughs> you want to name names? No, no, no. I wasn't thinking anyone, really. Was there somebody that would lead the kangaroo court or was it Eddie? You know, you always no, no, have... No, no, no. Yeah, you always have at least two judges. So did were you a judge? No. No, I was never a judge and I actually enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed making sure I was not a judge because then I could be... Me, me, myself, and Irene. There's always <laughs> like someone that's pretty stern, like cross limbs, get up, drink, don't talk unless I ask someone a question. So someone that liked to be in control there. You know, oh, you'd always have the youngest on court would always have to give them or out the beers. Yeah. If anyone had an empty, he'd be punished. So you're constantly working. I remember it was like clockwork for me. I hated it. Owen Finnegan was an ex- outstanding judge. I mean, Owen Finnegan, six foot, five, six. Mm. Could yeah, drink right. under anyone underwater, yeah, right. and uh, you never fuck with him. Cheers! Mm. I hope Eddie brings it back. That might be the missing piece. Yeah, yeah. Kangaroo Court. Uh. Yeah. All right. Next question. I uh, I have a very uh, what I like to do on a Sunday. Do the same thing. Uh, get up and I do two sessions at church. Yeah. Hey. No. Yeah. Yeah. I do couple church a couple of times, and then um, I pop in my, my favourite show, Sports Sunday. Um, top oh, yeah. up the beer. Tommy, and then we'll... Mate, you've only got one job, mate. Yeah. If this was a court, he'd be getting yeah. tanned. So yeah. Tommy Tommy, to have at least two, because he's out of line. Is he? He's out of line, Your Honour. <laughs> so I would... Uh, yeah, Sports Sunday is my favourite show, and we pop it on and the kids sit down. And I, there was a piece that went to air this week was just absolutely magical. Can we just roll this in for me, Hugo, please? Amazingly, after Wallabies played Georgia, hot dogs your pub, it's his nice at his pub, and... They are playing the Channel 9 NRL coverage of the finals. Penrith versus the Warriors. Up the Petty Panthers. He sounded like he had a helium <laughs> balloon there. <laughs> and, and who were the Panthers playing? The, the Warriors? <laughs> yeah, look, mate, so I, I'm obviously doing some stuff for Channel 9 over here, and I've got to do a piece of Sports Sunday uh, each week. And... I have to report after the Wallabies game, which of course finishes at 11 o'clock or, or maybe even after that um, here in, in France. But then I have about a three-hour window where I've got to do that, like a little bit of a recording to send it back to the team and they can put a piece together. So 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on a Saturday night in Paris, I'm fucking three bottles deep, you know? Like, um, And yeah, look, I, looking back on it, you can kind of see that I've been enjoying myself a little bit. Uh, stumble across, stumble through my words a little bit as well. Uh, but I was actually just quite amazed that just between between games, they, uh, they were just at this pub here in Sanetian and they had the uh, the rugby league coverage on just to to fill <laughs> fill the gap. I was like, fucking, how good's this? <laughs> I was going to say up the Wars, but they got fucking trounced, so it was up the Penny Panthers. <laughs> yeah, but that's what people want to see. It's genuine. Well, it's- like Drew's not going to be over there and sober. No, I mean, I yeah. love his because at the start of that little piece, he says, I've come to the pub, and I was like, yeah, fair dinkum, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, shit, yeah. we can tell. We worked that out. <laughs> yeah. Rugby well, league was no big in France, I believe, um, a long time ago. So I don't know if they still watch they it. They had there. a pro team in, in the yeah. Super League. Catalan Dragons. Yeah, Catalan. They're in Catalan. Yeah, yeah. Mate, they, just, it, they just signed all the they, they just signed all the castaways from the NRL. So uh, I guess just watch this space. I think maybe 
Cattle and Dragons are about to announce Valentine home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they had uh they had Izzy Falau, they had um Todd Carney. Todd yep. Carney. Greg Bird. Yeah. 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 A couple of specials. Yeah. Right, so we've come to the part of the show where we will chat to our special guest very quickly. Um Sterling Mortlock. You um now there's obviously a million things we can talk to you about. Um but I think we're going to try and keep it mainly Rugby World Cup centric for the pod that we've on. We'll get you back on to go through forensically through your whole life. But first of all, I want to talk to you about 07. You are the last Wallaby that captained Australia in a French World Cup. Um, talk to me about what it was like to have a World Cup in France because a few of the panellists here have said it, it's the most amazing place to go and play a World Cup. Was it unbelievable? Yeah, outstanding. And and, and their um rugby culture or, or, or getting exposure to the to the local people is really unique. Um they support their rugby really, really well. Uh so obviously football over the over in Europe is, is, is strong, but rugby is really, really well followed. They've got I think it's three professional leagues there, Gitz and Drewski, you played there so you probably know better than me. But they've got their own culture in around rugby. And also, not 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 an English speaking country as well. It's actually really good fun to try to soak up the French ambiance when you go there and tour as well. So, um, and as a professional team going into a World Cup, that's actually pretty challenging to try to balance that out. But from my perspective, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't help looking back, and I'm sure these guys, because both in the squad, you know, everything about a World Cup is giving yourself the best chance to win, and getting bowed out in a quarterfinal which we did in Marseille and me as a captain of, of the team you know I can't I've got massive uh, scars yeah right, which will never heal to be honest but it, it, it is the way the way it is but I, I look back at it now and I think there's a cute there's a few things that, that stand out really strongly from my perspective a rugby is actually really it's, it can be really really technical but it can also be simple if you don't do well in your set piece and your restarts in rugby, it's really, really difficult. And we did not do that at all in that World Cup campaign. Secondly, in a World Cup, you need to have momentum through your pool matches and take it into the sudden death um, stage. We didn't do that at all. Um, we had no momentum um, in our in our pool matches. And thirdly, you need to have consistency of the team. And that's from that momentum in the pool stages. And we actually had Stephen Larkham, who was our world's, you know, world's best 5'8", get injured before the second match against Wales. And when you do that, and then, unfortunately, Beric Barnes, who replaced him, Beric Barnes made his test debut in a World Cup against Wales. If you throw that all together, that actually makes it really challenging to win a World Cup campaign. Now, do you reckon we didn't have momentum? I thought we yeah, had great momentum. Really good question. Oh, we won all four pool matches. Yeah, but I thought we won I, them well too. Okay, so Fiji was... Uh, a really stop-start sort of game. We actually never got into our groove, but Fiji playing against the Pacific Island teams is often that's the case. Yep. Then we played Canada. Yeah. Right. Remember we, Huck, Huck started at 5-8? Yeah, changed the whole squad around for that yeah, one. Yeah, changed yeah. the whole squad around, and we actually played... We we didn't beat them convincingly. We, we won by 10 or 15 or whatever it was. It's quite a wet game, that yeah, one. Yeah, but yep. it, was, it, was, it wasn't a very strong performance and a commanding performance. Mm -hmm. And then in hindsight, a lot of the issues that happened in that game, our set piece was off, and in particular, our breakdown accuracy was off. Yep. Yep, that happened in the England game. Mm -hmm. England game, our set piece was ro woeful, 
and their accuracy at breakdown was way full as well. And to me, in hindsight, that's what I took out from it. I just thought you missed the kick. Was, well, yeah, that too. I, that's what I thought. Which make your tackles to kick your goals. It's not fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make the tackle. And I didn't yeah. kick my goal. Yeah. So we all fucked nah, it. Just a bit of fun, still. Snorkel. <laughs> it's all right, McGinty. No, but when you said you've got the scars, I don't want this to be another one. No, don't worry. I'm only joking. I did a function with Swoop Dog the other day, and he he just, mate, it was like being yeah, in therapy, mate. Swoop at 30, the moment. 30 minutes of you, you exercising the demons about yours truly, mate. You oh, know what? He went from on, that mate. gig to the, to the one where I was giving back to rugby. He <laughs> turned up to that one as well. But yeah. He was triple so booked. You, gets, triple mate. booked. Triple booked. Triple booked. Mate, um, that was right. Yeah, I felt really good walking out of that. <laughs> being able to... What demons have you got, mate? Oh, Talk to me. I've got... I've got Mabini. Mabini. Yeah. I put him on the Hurt Locker. He, yeah. We so, should, basically... You, you followed him in, right? As in... I got under I got under Morty's <laughs> wing a long time ago. Um... <laughs> Because I was in, that was how I was instructed when I first got down there. Sterlo picked me out of the crowd and said, get under here, son. Which I, I did. Know, and after the first year, which I thought I did all right. You know, you debut for the Brumbies, Super Rugby. It's kind of like been a, a goal of yours for many years. A battler from the Central Coast is doing all right down in Canberra. Playing on the Super Rugby stage. And then at the end of the year, you know, you go through a, um, a season review. And there's two ways to go about a season review. There's the official process that's conducted by the coaches. And then there's the informal. The real process. The real process <laughs> that's done at Mad Monday at a pub called Filthies um, after an absolute skinful of piss um, by two of, your, two of the senior players in your position, Sterling Mortlock and Joel Wilson. They just cornered me in the corner of the bar there and just basically told me how shit I was all season <laughs> um, and brought me basically to tears. Like, had a fair crack. And, no, no, um, I want to I just cut in there. Sure. The aim was, I said to Joel, I need you to open up this. I need you to make sure you reinforce how much talent this bloke has and how limited he's using it. And after that, I will chime in. <laughs> and and I said and I said, Jolie, I'm going to give you 20 minutes. And he goes, I said, make sure you think about what you're going to say because I want you to fucking nail this, <laughs> right? And, and this how many how many beers are and, we yeah. and deep? While and it's we're, a third mate, day. It was it was day, yeah. it, it was it was long in the innings. Yeah. And it was a co-red of all co-reds on Swoop Doggy Dog. And he needed it. He fucking... Ne- Tell me you didn't. Yeah, thank you, Your Honour. <laughs> do you... <laughs> Defence rest, Your Honour. Do, do you credit the snorkel beanie with your 124 tests for Australia? Yeah, I do. Yeah, all of them. Uh, from, one of the <laughs> from one of the all-time sprays. Like, I hated this, this bloke and Joel for a long time after that. But, you know, it kind of built a chip and worked through it. Worked through it a lot yeah. internally. Still working through it. Still working through it. Scar tissue. Yeah, mad scar tissue. But, you know, that was old school. That was the old school yeah. culture. You got you copped a fair spray from your senior players when you weren't performing. I thought I was performing that year, but I actually didn't know what... Um, you weren't, mate. Yeah, high, high performance looked like. <laughs> you were you terrible. Know, I was just a young bloke. Mate, I, well, terrible was, was a big word. Terrible okay, was a huge sorry, word. Sorry, sorry. You were fucking dreadful. <laughs> Right, <laughs> he's still working through these scars. Anyway, that's why I gave him to him. You got to anyway. face your demons front on, mate. Yeah. You got to. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, we appreciate it, Morty. Um, after all these years, mate. No, but I, I guess going back to my side of the, uh, uh, you know, there's always two sides of the story. Uh, I said to my mates, "This guy, this guy is going to replace me. He is uh, an absolute world beater." Mm. 
he will do amazing things. Mm. And but he I, should be a fucking but, 13. But I, which he didn't end up doing, mate. On the fucking sting too much, Swoop Dog. I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. Like, I put my hand up for that, mate. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. There's demons. We, we, haven't, we haven't got enough time here, though. Yeah, no. We'll wait till this is done. <laughs> this is a, I want to see Swoop cry. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was... There was there was there was, a, there was two two objectives. One, Joel talk about his talent and how limited amount that he's using it. And two, we're gonna have to make him cry. <laughs> we achieved both objectives. <laughs> but he, most cat wallaby, mate. So, uh, well, no, up there. I'll claim it. Up there. I'll claim that. Who's what number are one? You? No, Greg's is number Greg's one. Greg's is number one. Sorry, I thought Regan. You too. The governor. The governor. Sean. Sean Gregan. Stephen Moore. Sean, <laughs> yeah. Sean. How good was that? Yeah, the ITV coverage over here had a, a thing. Twenty World Cup appearances. Sean Gregan. <laughs> Fucking, who's there? Tommy Erskine. <laughs> he would have hated that. That's Greeks. a good question. Yeah, it was on the it was on the O three chat group. You said, yeah. Guitan. Yeah. Now we are running out of time, but you bring up O three, and you bring up scars. Um, the French currently ranked number three in the world, but it's a home. Uh, Rugby World Cup. Australia in 03, ranked number two in the world. We just won it in 99. Can you talk to the pressure that this French side's under? And if they do get to the final, you know, what's that day going to be like for them? There, there is huge amounts of pressure. And I thought that um, that would have played a bit of a role in game one against the All Blacks because you, look you looked at the... We watched the, the warm-up game against the Wallabies and they just couldn't get going after 40, 50 minutes. They'd... The attack was really ropey, um, you know, they were turning over ball. They just couldn't get started. I just felt like that was the start of the pressure starting to really weigh down on that on that team. Um, but turning up to start to France uh, in front of a full house and turning on against the All Blacks and really bringing it home, there was no signs of pressure there. Yeah. Maybe towards the later of the, t- like the, the later stages of the tournament, potentially, but I just think with the way that they're celebrating rugby at the moment in France, and you could see just how much of a party atmosphere it was and how much of an influence that was having on the team. Like it is, It's the best feeling playing in front of a home crowd when the home crowd is going absolutely nuts at every every involvement that, um, that, that you're involved with in, during the game. Like all the positive outcomes were celebrated um, and they're just coming home. Yeah, I might... I might. Go first, then you can go. Well, second, then you go third. Mm. Goitan. Yeah. Um. So I think I think like French rugby historically, always when you just expect them to do something amazing, they fuck it up royally, right? <laughs> and just when you think they're going to do fucking nothing, they totally kill it and kill the world's number one or whatever it is. They totally redeem themselves. <laughs> Get fifty miles per gallon this hard. Anyway, so. So, sorry, dumb and dumber coming in snorkeltron style. Anyway, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's, that that has always been their DNA in rugby. It, and 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 I guess one other example, they used to be the worst, the most ill-disciplined team in rugby as well globally. Fast forward to where they are now, they're nowhere near that. Um, Bernard Laporte had got rid of that discipline issue many many years ago and now you've got um oh, who's this who's their who's their um their coach with the glasses Fabian Fabian Gauthier <laughs> how porn are his fucking glasses <laughs> mate they're great he's show. the porn master of all porn <laughs> masters that's so good anyway so you've got the porn man 
leading them, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and they are categorically in control of their own destiny. They're not, they're not this team that chokes when it, the press is on. Huh. Yeah, I'm glad you went before me. <laughs> the porn master. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's leading them well. What was that, uh, there, Bibby? I was going to say that that's hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I won't be following. Well, I'll quickly touch on, I reckon the fact they're playing at home, the biggest pressure game would have been against New Zealand. Yep. Now they've got a couple of easier games. Yep. And they can just build through the tournament. So they'll feel invincible after a couple of well, wins. And, and then you just ride on that momentum. Yeah. Have you got anything? Or oh, I've got the quiz ready to go. I think we're running out of time here. Yeah, no, I don't really have anything. I just thought I'd, I'd touch on one thing that I thought you guys might like. I, I was at the pub the other night uh, watching the game and a couple of uh, Frenchies recognised me from my time at Toulon and asked for a photo. And so, of course, I obliged and, and had a photo and I, I sat at the table next to them and the bloke next to me was was heavily inebriated. But I, he, was, he was talking on his phone up thereafter and I could look over his shoulder and he'd sent the, the, the photo of me and his a few of his mates to his group chat and he said, "Oh, uh, something in French that I couldn't understand it was Drew Mitchell." And then, he, and then there was a reply. It said, uh, "Par Drew Mitchell, Drew Michelin." <laughs> <laughs> the fat fuck, Drew Mitchell. Wow, the Michelin. That's, that's harsh, Drew. Brutal. Well, how, how, I thought you looked fantastic people. in this week that you've been gone. You look great from. This Zoom, we thought yeah, you yeah, yeah. Looking, side's doing a lot of like shredding for stereo. He's ripped Great, up, for, ripped yeah. up for the cup. What about this? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> That's a bruise for people that are listening. It looks like you've faced a fastball from Mitchell Stark or a paintball. Yeah, could have been that cat that, that came all, and that was, wet your bed. Mate, well, Might have scratched it was the you. same night when the cat came in. Yeah. <laughs> Does look like a lovemaking bruise. That's all I'm saying. All right, hey, should we get into this quiz? Yep, let's do it. So quiz. each week, uh, Every, each week, snorkel beanie, we do a little quiz. It's um, my way of testing you guys. And what we're doing during the World Cup is is that it <laughs> the quiz is basically uh, have you been paying attention? But we can't do that. Obviously, they've got the market on that. So ours is called have you been watching heaps? <laughs> <laughs> and um, here it is. First question, Englishman George Ford kicked a 49... Oh, sorry, this is how it works, is I give you A, B, C, or D. We go around and you pick one. Then I'll tell you the score at the end. You got well, it? Who goes first? We'll we toss it up. Yeah, we change it around. Well, see, th- th- I've thought about this through the week because of the whole like scoring and who goes first. I think we should all write our answers down so it doesn't matter if we're copying. That works well. Yeah, you say it now when I've got no time well, to bring in whiteboard. No, but how good is that for a podcast? Let's write it down. Yeah, but fuck with yeah. yeah, what I'm saying is, so we just don't, don't copy no, each other. There's no name so, calling. You know, like, we can get around it. Well, you, you just off. called me a fog, so I'll come, come back at you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we, that's not a bad idea, though. Yeah, really um, Okay. Uh, Englishman George Ford kicked a 49-metre drop goal in the win over Argentina. Who has kicked the longest drop goal in history? Andre Pollard for South Africa, Dan Carter for New Zealand, Johnny Wilkinson for England, or Andy Miller for Japan? Let's start with you, Swoop. A, B, C, or D? Pollard. Pollard? Wow. I thought it was... I wasn't even listening. I thought it was Fran Stein, so... Yeah, when he's playing for Racing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was an option. So yeah, so... Yeah. Say the options again, sorry. Uh, Andre Pollard, Dan Carter, Johnny Wilkinson, or Andy Miller? And who'd you go? I went Pollard. I'll go Miller. Pollard. Pollard and you, Biff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
together same. Oh, you no, can, oh, I think. I think anyway, we you've can. locked it in. Let it go. I've got to go different. No, well, you, you don't have to. should have listened. That's <laughs> your problem. Biff. Miller. Miller. Ding, ding, ding. It is Andy Miller. Oh, you're right. See, there you go. There you go. That's one for... Snorkeltron. It's one for the Snorkeltron and one for the Biff. Andy Miller, 55 metres for Japan versus Fiji in 2003 on October 23rd. Andre Pollard's was 48 metres for South Africa against New Zealand, 21st of September 2019. Oh, sorry. This is in World Cups. Sorry. Yep. This is all World Cup related, boys. Dan Carter. Did I not mention that? Yeah, we I get did. It. Nah, but it's okay. Sorry, boys. Dan Carter, 46 metres for New Zealand against South Africa, 31st of October. Nothing. Johnny Wilkinson, 30 metres for England in 2003 on the 22nd oh, of November against... You haven't written the team there, Tommy. Maybe France, probably. He kicked about 1,000 in that one. 30 metres England no, in 2003 on the 22nd of November. What about Stephen Locke? November, that was Stephen after Locke. the World Cup. Yeah, That was you guys, you idiots. Oh, was it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I was saying, what about Stephen Locker? 49. Who cares? Question number two. The Georgians are known for their fierce set piece and body hair. As a bald man with a beard, how many of the Georgians starting 15 are bald with a beard? Five, three, two, or all of them? <laughs> I'm going with two. Two? Five. Three. Five? Five. Five. Ding, ding, ding. Biv and Swoop. Nicker. Oh, am I going to read these names? No, no sweet. No. Five of them. So we're all we're all on one, and Gitz is duck, duck egg, egg, duck egg. So I could. Oh, think oh, mate, I'm on two. I'm on two, mate. Sorry, hey. I'm on two. So question three on Antoine Dupont is France's fearless leader and was outstanding in their opening day win over New Zealand. He is a man of what some would say short stature. Who is the shortest player to ever play international rugby? This is Ooh. all rugby. Ooh. Great question. A Fumiaki Tanaka, oh, yeah. Japan. Yeah. B, yeah. Grant Batty, New Zealand. Three, C, Jacques Ferrou, France. Or D, Matt Gitto, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Batty. Batty? Tanaka. Tanaka? Yeah, Goity. Go, go yourself, Goity. Uh, well, it's not me. I know. I'm a bit of a giant. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Tanaka. Tanaka, Biv? I'm going to go Grant Batty. I was playing, sorry, just a quick one. I was playing against his son in uh, UQ um, Premier League in Queensland and I tore my hamstring and his son came up to me, Sam Batty, and he goes, I hope it hurts and it hurts all year, you c***. And did he walk under you? Under you? Like, is that short? He, he, did, he did the Alan Iverson over the step, step over me. Why, uh, why did he do that? Oh, because I was fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a good The ep. bats. This has been a good ep. Our uh, answer is C. No one got it. Jacques Faroe, who was oh. five foot four. I don't know if you pronounce that right. I'm not. Yeah. Faroe. Terrible pronunciation. How do you pronounce it? Faroe. 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 Question number four. Australia's yeah. goal kicking was on song in their first game, thanks to Ben Donaldson. In the world-famous computer rugby kicking game from 2003 called Kicking Kings, but due to license reasons, the players' real names were not used. Sterling, you were in the game. What was your unofficial name? Was it A, Stalking Murdoch? <laughs> B, Stinking Old Sock? C, Swirling Bootlick? Or D, Stunning Mortcock? <laughs> They're all good. It's definitely not D. Stunning Mortcock. No? I'm going to go A. A, Stalking oh, Murdoch? No, I like Stunning Mortcock. Stunning Mortcock, <laughs> I'm going D. with Swirling. Swirling Bootlick. Biv? Yeah. Uh, a as well for me. 
Biv. Sorry, Goit. Yes. Swirling bootlick. The bootlick. Yeah, now, can I get a quick score? Can I get a quick score update? I go to one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Biv, you're on fire. I'm on two, you dickhead. We said two. two Gee, you Everybody chill. <laughs> Question sorry, five. Sorry, <laughs> there was a beer shortage in Marseille during England's win over Argentina, but this is not always the case. At which World Cup was the most amount of beer consumed? Was it A, 2019 Japan, B, 2015 England, C, 2003 Australia, or D, Drew Mitchell in his most recent Channel 9 piece. <laughs> 100% D, baby. Oh, look at it, Eddie. Look at it. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Um, uh, who was going first? Japan. Japan? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, name. Japan. Japan? I have to go to Japan too. Biff? I'm going England. Biff, England. ding, 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 and you oh, get the win. Oh, oh Francais, Michel. Really? Bonjour. Yep. Mate, I was Wah. over there. Wah. They got they, they didn't get past the uh, pool stages, bro. Mate. And they're corporate hospitality. Japan, 1.6 million litres. England, 1.9 million litres. They probably need to drink more. Australia, 1.4 million litres. Drew Mitchell, 1.2 million litres. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's it for us. Um just a reminder on socials at Good Bad Rugby Australia. Make sure you follow us on everything. Um, let's say one last thanks to Harvey Norman for sponsoring us. Uh, Optimum viewing experience for all the upcoming Rugby World matches. Uh, set up a little TV to watch everything happening from France. They've got TVs, computers, mobile phones, gaming, audio, and they've got lots of rugs. Hey, uh, Sterling Mortlock, thank you so much for coming and Swirling joining Mortcock. us. Swirling Mortcock. Swirling Mortcock. Mabini. Sterling Waterlog. <laughs> Merling Wartcock. Merling Wartcock, thank you for joining us. I'll be good many a thing. <laughs> and I'll be good more today. So thank you. Uh, Biv, look after yourself this week. Look yeah. forward to seeing you on Sunday, on Sports Sunday. It'll be good. Or of our fellas, I'm off actually to go canoeing today. So uh, that'll be fucking riveting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Bizu. Sounds good. good. Uh, Goit. Double D O double G, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll be back next week. Go to the Mighty Wallabies. Yeah, Gira. Gira. Give us one, Biv. Hey, oh, Gira. <laughs> <laughs>